This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Well, I think it's raining over by you, so in case it anyone is. hears some thunder. <laughs> we'll keep it in because it's ASMR. It's very <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> Unless it's terrifying. Yesterday, we had this thunderstorm that was so bad, and I was on the phone with Jamie when it happened. And this, like, crack of thunder hit so hard over the top of my roof that I literally jumped and, like, dropped the phone for a minute. It was so intense. So hopefully we don't have um, any like, like that today. <laughs> no. Okay. And then also we don't even, we got to open up this for an unhinge episode, but do you remember that time where they, like your house shook and then nothing, there was no explanation. We got to tell that story That's, one day. That is an unhinged episode for sure. Right. <laughs> Our house shook. We don't go to go to it, but there was like literally no explanation. for Unexplained shaking, so. paranormal experiences. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, hopefully there's no interruptions like that. Um, yeah. So today we are talking about a conceptualization for healing that lends itself to building self-trust. And because we are actually walking you guys through kind of this framework for healing of self-sovereignty, actually, maybe you guys will hear a little bit more of the model I'm developing um, to create that self-sovereignty. But one of the elements to the model is self-trust. And that is what we're talking about. We are talking about how do we develop the self-trust? Because we did have that episode about self-trust and self-doubt. But what we're really talking about in this episode is a conceptualization of how to foster that and how to understand how to interact with that in a way that actually elicits change in your, you know, in your internal experience. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, we'll kind of just start off with a couple of different you know, framework around this. Okay. So one of the ways I kind of like to introduce this to people about developing like a deep trust is I love to give the example of when we don't have trust. Okay. And this is typically found in either like a harmful relationship or someone who hasn't really like developed a lot of emotional skill sets. Um, sometimes we find it in, you know, hostile work environments or family systems. Um, but I think the easiest example I'm going to give you is a workplace environment. Um, because if you think about like, why wouldn't I trust, let's say my superior, right? Okay. I keep going to my superior and I say something like, Hey, you know, I would really like to um, be a part of that meeting. You know, I'm really good at that skill set. You know, I know that you guys are starting to do some development and I really want to be a part of that meeting. And my manager or supervisor or whatever is like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You are so right. You know, we're going to definitely... Uh, we're going to keep that in mind and we're going to create the skill. Like we're going to create the whole framework for you. We're going to do that. Right. And you know, you're like, cool. Awesome. And a week or two goes by, you know, you're like thinking there's probably a meeting going on at some point in the next few weeks, but Mm -hmm. you don't really hear anything. And then you come to find out there was maybe one or two meetings that can go on. So you go back to your manager and you say, Hey, just curious, like, I know that you were really like excited about me being a part of that meeting. Um, you know, what, what like tangible thing are we doing to try to get me a part of that meeting? Right. And the manager's like, oh, right. We did talk about that. That is still exciting to me. Like, I actually think that's a really good idea. Okay. So you guys kind of get the point. Basically, where does the lack of trust come in? Okay. So if this started cycling, And someone just kept giving me lip service and saying, sure, that's a great idea. I really like that idea. I really like that concept, okay? And someone continually fails to create the structure that is needed. And remember, this is kind of like a joint effort. Like, I need to be part of this meeting, but I can't just, like, show up. You have to, like, kind of work with me to do that, right? And so I don't trust my manager because pretty much 
most of the things that have been coming out of their mouth in the past month or two have basically just been lip service. There hasn't Mm -hmm. been actual tangible feet on the ground, tangible work that got in place for me to be able to actually create momentum forward in the vision that I proposed to them. I said, hey, I have an idea. And they said it was great. And then they just constantly gave me lip service and kind of at that point started gaslighting me saying, yeah, totally, right? And there was no action plan, okay? So this is where I'm going to create the parallel between your relationship with yourself. So if you go circa back to the first few episodes, I think it's in the first couple episodes where we talk about the relationship with yourself. This Mm -hmm. isn't the last time you're going to hear it because (laughs) this is such an essential part of the healing process is Mm -hmm. actually breaking down in multiple different ways. So like I said, this isn't going to be the last time you hear this. You're probably going to hear us talk about this in the future in some other way. But this specific concept about your relationship with your self-trust and the relationship you have with your follow-through and the things that you want for your life, that is so important to your healing And so the way I'm going to introduce this to you guys is I'm going to introduce instead of me, Jamie, the worker, and then my supervisor, you know, Megan, it's going to be current self and future self. All right. So in this dynamic, it's actually going to be kind of flipped. Like the future self is going to be, you you guys will get it. I'll explain (laughs) it in a little bit more. But basically there are two selves that are interacting, okay? There's the current self. And yes, we have past self that will probably rear its head at some time. (laughs) But in this situation, in this example, we have the current self and the future self that are interacting, okay? And I'm going to walk you through this feeling, okay? So in this scenario, it's actually a future self that's proposing something to the current self. It's saying future self is the one that holds a lot of your vision, the movement for your healing, the things you want to accomplish. Future self is holding those dreams at its fingertips. It's saying like, this is something we want. This is something we envision. These are our desires. These are our hopes. These are the things we like are working towards. And then current self is the one that's where we are right now, we're all feet on the ground. We're all living life. We, most of us have like demands of our day, you know, whether that's a work or family or different things like school, like all of us have in, in and out of our lives, everyday demands. So our current selves are the ones that are like actively interacting with just the chaos of the world. Like so many things are getting demanded upon us. Okay. So in this scenario, The current self that has all these demands, okay, is meeting with its future self. And future self is saying, hey, um, you know, I know that you've been struggling with like, you know, getting a good night's sleep. And I know that a while back, whether that was in therapy or with friends or like you sat down with, with, you know, a framework and said, I really want to prioritize my sleep. I heard you say that, right? Future self is talking to current self. I heard you say that you really wanted to prioritize our sleep hygiene. I heard that you really wanted us to like make progress there. And I was really excited. And I was really happy that that was something that you was, that you were going to prioritize. And current self looks at future self and is like, yeah, I'm totally still on that train. Like, I totally am there. Like, I get it. Like, I know we got to work on our sleep. Like, I'm, we're going to get a, we're going to do a little bit of a better job. Like, we're going to do, we're going to absolutely work on that, right? So future self's like, cool. Two thumbs up. You know, the conversation's kind of out of the mind, okay? Well, this is where the self-trust comes in. Because if you are in relationship with what you want and what is currently going on, okay, Mm -hmm. which is the future and the current self, your struggle or your dissonance with actually following through with that demand, or I wouldn't even call it a demand, that, that request or vision that you have 
for your future healing or your momentum or the the betterment or functioning of yourself, right? If you keep showing up to that quote unquote meeting with the selves and future selves like, hey, um, remember three months ago that you said you were going to work on the sleep stuff? Um, like, I heard you really excited, but like, what was, like, what actually changed? Like, what did you do that like served me, like Mm -hmm. my, your future self? Like, what did you do in your current experience to change that? Right. And current self might be like, and here's the thing, guys, I'm going to say this with as much empathy because I have lived this. I'm still struggling with this. Okay. There is every reason. There is every reason to genuinely not prioritize like certain things. Okay. And so this is where that radical self-honesty comes in. Okay. Because you can sit there and say, there's a million reasons. Oh, you know what? Like, I don't know. Like there was that, you know, we went on a few trips, like I stayed up late. I get it. My sleeping got off, you know, and then I was kind of, you know, I've been kind of stressed out. So I've been scrolling at night. Like you get it right. Like, you know, we're stressed out. We got to kind of chill out too. Right. And eventually though, it's like, okay, like I understand, but like we're suffering. Like we're not sleeping well. Like we're really, really struggling with our functioning. Right. So like, when you told me you were really excited about like improving our sleep, like, and then there was no actual tangible steps that you took, even in small ways, like even in little ways, like trying to get upstairs like earlier or something, like, I don't trust you. And it's like, this is what I mean by self-trust, guys. This is what I'm talking about with self-trust is because when you can sit there and you can be honest that like, as much as we can create this like vision for our own healing. And that's the part of healing. Go back to stages of healing. We need that knowledge. We need that awareness. We need to believe that we deserve to get better. But when we start going in the action steps, this is our relationship with ourselves is that when our current self is continually like giving lip service and saying, yeah, we'll change. We'll get there. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But ultimately we're continually betraying the vision that we had for our healing. It is very difficult for the relationship with ourself to be strengthened when we are in every like small ways creating like back steps, like steps backwards. Okay. And like, This is where, and I'm going to have CA open up with this for a second, but this is where it's actually very critical to our healing because CA and I have spoken this at length in the past few days. This is definitely something that both hit home for us is that we can be, remember, this isn't like an all or nothing thing. We can be in different stages of healing in different parts of our lives. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like level of functioning, like making sure your sleep is prioritized, making sure eating is prioritized, making sure you're... I'm not saying exercise, but moving your body, engaging with your body, like interacting with your body. Remember body-led healing? Like allowing your body to be honored mm-hmm. and, it, and, and elevated to a priority, okay? That is hard for people who have traumatized brains, okay? Because what happens is we have spent so many years saying we're strong enough. We'll get through it if we don't eat. We'll get through it if we don't sleep. We'll get through it if we just kind of bypass all this stuff. We're going to be fine. We're going to make it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be resilient enough, right? But eventually the future self says, I deserve more than that. Mm -hmm. I deserve more than that. Like I deserve more than this like bare bones Mm -hmm. just get by living, right? And so- This is where I think that current self who's in survival mode that says, I'm just going to get through today, which is sometimes all we can do. I get that. I want to create some space here. I get that those are going to be some of those days. But when it's every day, that future self is getting like genuinely concerned. Future self says, this is is our experience now. Mm -hmm. This isn't just a couple of one-off days. This is like our life. 
future self turns into current self current self starts all over again and that's what we're that's why we're trying to walk through this conceptualization with you guys because as much as it's a little complex to me if you can embody that like the dynamic of self-trust is so essential to build it can set you up for so much more movement forward in your healing so one of the things I really want to say here, first of all, that could have been a TED Talk. That was amazing, Jamie. <laughs> I really appreciate you like opening up this concept and like I I think this is going to benefit a lot of our listeners to kind of start to almost visualize like a framework of being in a conversation with themselves the way that you would conceptualize two like different people talking to each other. Because in that dynamic you have the ability, it's a very empowering dynamic actually, because you actually now have the ability to hold yourself accountable because you're visualizing your future self as some other entity that's able to like be in conversation with you about these things. And so when it comes to like developing this skill, um, and again, I really can't emphasize enough like how fresh this is for me personally as well. I think sometimes uh, some of the concepts we talk about are like things I feel so strong in because I've been like really like practicing them for a long time. This one is like one I'm actively developing alongside you guys. <laughs> um, so when it comes to like developing this skill, I think a really great like starting point, this is something I'm doing and I highly recommend it, is when we talk about this future self, make that future self initially when you're just starting this skill, like a really, really immediate future self. I'm talking an hour from now self. That's still technically your future self, right? But if I'm gonna, and this is truly like, this is this is where I started when I started developing this skill is, one hour from me now, I'm going to promise her, I'm in a conversation with her, and I'm going to make a promise to her that when that hour is up, I'm going to get myself a glass of water. And I'm I'm dead serious, guys. Make it that simple. Make it really reasonable, small, actionable steps that you can take. And then when you go ahead and you do that, because you made yourself a really reasonable goal that you could do, okay? You set that alarm on your phone or your watch or whatever. The alarm goes off and you go, oh, I promised future me that I would drink water. I'm going to go drink that water. Then you go and you drink that water. And then what I want you to do is have that conversation. And now you are future self. So then what you do is you go, thank you so much for keeping that promise to me. Mm. And you high five yourself, man, because <laughs> you deserve it. Because you, 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 you did it, right? Like, you made a promise to yourself. You kept that promise. You are building this trust. And it really does. We build these skills so incrementally in that way. And it's so important to do that self-talk when those little accomplishments happen. One of the phrases that I use all the time is there are no small wins. Every single win is worthy of celebrating. Every single win is worthy of celebrating because they all stack up and this is how we develop new habits and systems and rewire all those neural pathways. It all, it's its always the little things. It's the devils in the details when it comes to this stuff, right? Because like the details are what actually make up the bigger picture. If you look at this beautiful woven tapestry, well, it's really just a million tiny stitches and you have, you zoom all the way in and you realize how important every single one of those little steps was to creating this beautiful, massive tapestry. So that is, I, I would say, I, I was like, after you talked, I was like, I really want to jump in with like, what's the quickest, easiest way to start developing this skill? And that's where I am at. And then from there, you know, just keep working that skill and like you can kind of then start increasing those time gaps. Maybe you're making a promise to yourself just tomorrow self, you know, and then like one week from now self, just those little things. Um, and even putting into place, uh, like booking things for your future self is also a really good one, right? Like just booking yourself a, 
you know, a date with a friend to go out for coffee or a massage or whatever, you know, uh, anything. They These don't have to be expensive things. And we're, we're not talking about right. any of that either, right? But like you put it on your calendar. You actually put it on your calendar as I am going to go do this thing at this future point in time. And then, like I said, that follow through conversation with self when you make those accomplishments is really, really essential to actually developing that inner dialogue of, I trust you. Mm. I think you made such a good point, but I'm going to highlight something that I think is so foreign to people is what you just said about like scheduling stuff out. That's a really simple strategy, even though it's hard to actually follow through, but it's a simple thing to start like honestly putting that forward into your calendar. Okay. If anyone wants concrete, like here and now skills to, to tell the, like the future self's like, well, what do I tell the current self? Okay. So you were telling your current self, like, here's a tangible straightforward tool. Okay. One of those though, that I'm going to highlight is I have so many, we have so many folks that I know are listening that are like, well, I have social anxiety or I get overwhelmed or I have a lot of stress or whatever. And I go, what if you didn't anchor it to anybody else except you? Mm -hmm. So like, What if that scheduled out time was not, oh, I just get to have me time. It's literally like that Saturday I'm going at like 10 a.m. and I'm just going out with myself to go get a cup of coffee and I'm going to not go through the drive-thru. I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to be there for two hours. I'll figure it out then. Right. And so you're not relying on a friend to show up. You're not relying on anything to go right or wrong. You're just relying on you to show up for you. Mm-hmm. You to show up for you. Yes, I understand. Kids, family, school, random stuff can go wrong. But it doesn't mean that that is you like. So this is why I want to point this out because of the nuance. Okay. Believe me. See. If anyone wants to hear me, it's CA's week. We're not going to go into an uninterrupted episode. But when I tell you, the best laid plans, guys, the best laid plans. Like it's been a week. Be- <laughs> it's, it's been, been a week. week. <laughs> it's been like a random, like you know, medical appointment. You know, all of these like injuries and stuff. Like so, what I mean is, yes, the best laid plans. Yes, I get it. The best laid plans go awry or whatever. Whatever the phrase is, or you guys know it. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's it's actually not about that. What I want to point out is if you made that coffee date and yeah, your kid or your, you know, your school, something got scheduled like randomly. Okay. It's not about, oh, Wellsies. Oh, Wellsley. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You guys get a little, that's actually a phrase that I say in my everyday life. (laughs) Oh, Wellsley. Okay. But we don't know. It's actually not water under the bridge because you're not an afterthought. So you say to yourself, Okay, that thing got scheduled. I could, I genuinely could not control that. The kids Mm -hmm. vomiting, I genuinely cannot control that. What you look, you take that appointment, you push it to the top priority list and you say, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to do this morning. Can I make it? Can I make that date to myself tomorrow at 10? Can I show up to myself and prioritize Mm -hmm. it? Because if you had a... Let me show it like this. If you had a work meeting, okay? If I ran my own business, I th- CA's like, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. If you had your own business and you had something, like my kids started vomiting, okay? This is anyone who works with me, any of our clients, like CA's clients, I have clients. If I literally had a kid that started vomiting at 10 a.m. at one of my clients' time, you know that I would be accountable and I would say, hey, can't make it. And I'm pushing you to the top of my priority list Can you make it tomorrow or later today? Because you're important to me and I am going to push this at the top priority list because the last thing I wanted to do was cancel on you. All right. So you're getting to the top of my priority list. But guess what we do to ourselves? If we had anything that like even hinted to taking time for ourselves, right? We say, oh, Wellesley. Oh, Wellesley. And we say, doesn't matter. Whatevs. I guess it does. Oh, well, I guess that's a. Fu- I guess that's just meant to never come into my life. Mm-hmm. Very so, often, it'll just get completely just. Well, see, this is why I don't even try. This is why it's the pr- it's abundance versus deficit. You say this is proof. 
right? You are in that deficit mindset. This is proof that I don't get to do yes. nice things for myself, right? But if I looked at my business and I said, see, this is why me as a mom, I can't have my client business because one kid got sick, then I don't get to have a job. Because I will say, maybe a kid will get sick once a month, so I might as well never see clients. Right. No. No. Right. No, we don't do that. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so this is why I'm Mm -hmm. trying to outline how to actually put these things into place. Because genuinely, that's going to be the first question that everyone's going to say. They're going to be like, well, that sounds like roses and daisies, Jamie. That sounds great. I would love to develop a really deep connection to myself and serve myself and develop deep trust. But like every time I do that, there's a self-sabotage. There's something that goes wrong. I screw it up. Somebody else screws it up. I get some life circumstances. And I'm like, you're right. That is probably going to happen. That is probably going to happen. But I, I don't know if it's actually about whether or not life happens, but it's about how you actually prioritize it after life happens. If you tell yourself with that with that mind space, Proof, proof it's all screwed up. Proof that I can't get this. I can't do this stuff. Mm -hmm. There it is. Mm -hmm. That's the stopper in your healing. That's the barrier that goes up. So then what happens though, and this is why it's really important to develop self-trust is because what ends up happening if you consistently let yourself down, right? Consistently break dates with yourself, consistently break promises to yourself, and consistently develop distrust within yourself is then what ends up happening is current self gets into a state of resentment Mm. and with future self. And now you're in conflict and now you are experiencing internal conflict on the regular because future self is now sitting there like, hey, remember all those promises? Hey, you remember this like thought that you had that we were going to do? And then Current you's going to start literally like yelling back Mm. at future you. What do you want from me? I'm doing the best I can. I can't help that my kid's throwing up. I can't help that blah, 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 blah. And then they're in so much conflict that you don't even want to hear this voice of future you anymore. So you do whatever you can to numb out or distract yourself or whatever. And then you get into a like, basically a toxic relationship with yourself and it's very and it's inside and it's so conflicting and then you're filled with all this dissonance and no one wants to live like that i mean it's miserable you want to know what it it reminds me of it's almost as though if the future self is the healed version of yourself if current self doesn't allow space for those active steps it's a bitter reminder that there Mm -hmm. is a version of you that's in front of you and it's painful You're like, yeah, I get it. That person's there, but it's a pipe dream. Great. Right. And then it's like, as time goes on, it's like time keeps passing. And then this like future healed you consistently stays just out of arm's reach. And you're always feeling like, oh, like, like I said, it creates this dissonance of like, yeah, I get it. Like there's a better version of me out there. Like must be nice for her. Like. But then like future, like current you is just so like, you're right. It's this bitterness of like, oh, like woulda, coulda, shoulda, like future self, like, you know, uh, may- maybe one day or whatever. And But there's just so much dissonance and bitterness inside of yourself because like, of course, there are obviously the fact that this future self exists, this vision of this healed, you know, person being there you're you're always this it's like always on your mind and so you're constantly being reminded and it's making you feel this sense of betrayal and so the thing is this is why I say like starting with these skill sets with like the most immediate future self possible (laughs) is the way to develop that sense of trust that that exists between the two of you um and then, like you said, there then there starts to be this kind of like past self version in there too. But we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna complicate it too much. But <laughs> the thing the thing is, I I really want you guys to hear that it is possible to develop this skill no matter where you're starting from and no matter what the circumstances 
of your life are. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes when we like want to get into like our healing journey, it's so tempting to like shoot the moon. Mm -hmm. And especially if we start talking about like future visualizations, like visualize yourself five years from now, 10 years from now. And like, you've got this like incredible vision of somebody that's like, so such a pipe dream that you're like, that'll never happen. Um, but like, we're just going to zoom it back and like, we're going to start developing much, much more immediate future selves to work with. So that way, when we start to conceptualize these longer future selves, it really will feel realistic. Because right now, I can't possibly imagine a future where I am able to compete in a triathlon, right? <laughs> if you know anything about me, I am like, just... Endurance sports are not my thing. Let's just say that. So if somebody were to be like, CA, like you, you, you not only are going to compete in a triathlon, you're going to win one. I'm like, eh, never in your wildest dreams. But if somebody was like, hey, tomorrow you're going to run to the end of the street, I'd be like, yeah, I could do that. I could probably run to the end of the street. So we're talking about breaking things down. And we always like, like to use like working out because I feel like it's so relatable and easy for people to visualize. But it really is just like that. Even with like self-healing and trauma healing and self-development and growth, all of these things, they always have to break down to the smallest things possible to the building blocks to get you to where you're going to go. So that's kind of like another, I, it's almost a repeat of what I said earlier, but when I when we, when we you start to visualize your future self, if you don't feel like you're in a space where you can conceptualize a very far away future self, like that still feels so out of reach, then like zoom it back in and think about a week from now you or a month from now you, because typically those are easier to break down into smaller action steps that you can consistently commit to. Give yourself those high fives, start developing this sense of trust within yourself that you are capable of following through and that you do prioritize yourself. Like what Jamie was saying that like, even if little things pop up that get in the way, because that is life, that you're still so at the forefront, these skills are at the forefront of your mind that you're working on developing these promises you're keeping to yourself, whatever it is that it is for you, that you're going to swoop in there and you're going to follow through and you're going to keep working on that. Hey everyone, this is Jamie. I am so excited to share this with you. We are going on a trip that I have dreamed about for years. It's called the Immersion Experience. It's a trip I designed for you to journey into the deepest parts of yourself. It's a journey toward authenticity where we're going to create safe places for community, safe places for sharing. I'm going to be offering a workshop. You're going to be going on excursions. We're going to be experiencing Costa Rica together and hopefully taking back with us unforgettable memories. If you are interested in going on the trip, all you have to do is click the show notes link and the tickets are live today. Hope to see you there. Right. I think like one of the things that we like, it's almost like something I need to say in like a very serious way, because I think trauma brains lean to the deprecation side of things. Okay. And so we've got to remember how we get taught how to talk to ourselves in the media, in self-help books, in these Instagram gurus or whatever, like these people that are like, I have the answer, right? Okay. First of all, I hope you understand me and see Do not have the answer. We are just two people that are like, hey, is this autonomous? Sure. Go ahead and absorb it if you want to. Okay. But this concept of like why I'm telling you your self-talk is so serious, it's, it's one of those very important sobering up realization awakening moments when you start doing this work. And I need you to be so, so aware of what it feels like when you're, let's use the analogy of running down the street, okay? If you are like, okay, I can't do the marathon, but what I can do is I can run to the street, okay? And I'm this is why I'm taking this very seriously because it's very important. It's not about the actual task. It's about the process internally of you relating to that task and 
at the same time, reaching to the execution of the task, okay? So what I mean by that is it's not just tell yourself, get to the end of the street, okay? That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. We're saying there is a part of you that says, this is a vision that I'm hoping to work towards, okay? And one of the steps I can take in my immediate future is to run to the end of the street, all right? Well, here's the breakdown. And this is what you're gonna hear in a lot. They're gonna be like, set goals, create visions, blah, blah, blah. You're gonna hear this, right? And they're gonna be like, whatever it takes. So what many brains do is they actually deprecate that into action. So they say, you Mm -hmm. piece of shit, lazy ass, terrible human being that can't get off this couch. You can't serve yourself in the next five minutes to get your shoes on and get down that street. And many people have reached goals like that, people. I hope every listener like takes a moment and realizes that if that is your internal narrative to get to your future self, that is creating a destructive model in your brain. Yes, will you get to the end of the street? Many times people do. Many times people do get to the end of the street. And they go, great, I finally accomplished something that I said I was going to do. But at what cost? At what cost? Because what did you do to get yourself to the end of the street? Because this is where I'm trying to tell you why I take this so seriously is because if you are unlearning a toxic relationship with yourself and by doing that, perpetuating a new one, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So my point is, If you are trying to understand that you have maybe in the past really struggled with actually serving your future self, okay, what we're not going to do is deprecate ourselves into a new dynamic. What we're going to do is we're going to say, what is my vision? Is that vision autonomous? Okay, so is that actually aligned with the, the place we want to go? Okay, don't freaking force yourself to do a triathlon. Because your brother did it. Mm -hmm. That will not serve you. If Mm -hmm. you find that that triathlon is exactly what you feel like embodies like movement and achievement forward, then yeah, there you go. That's in alignment with you. Okay, first step. Is it autonomous? Second step. What's my internal narrative? As I'm developing the small steps, the five-minute future self, What is my narrative to get to that point? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because when we break it down that detailed, like Sia was just saying, it has to be broken down. Your internal narrative is the thing that will perpetuate one cycle or another. All right. So the reason why I'm pointing this out is when Sia was talking about how this is an entire another skill set. I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, well, most people already have this variation of a skill set, but they're doing it in a deprecation way. So if they have been able to create follow through. So I have a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, I can create a routine. I can, I can go on a diet. You should see, I can, I can, I can stop doing something like right away. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then they're like, I kind of feel miserable. Like my, my self-esteem is kind of like really bad. Like, yeah, I feel like, like, you know, I feel like I'm doing good on the diet, but I also kind of feel like really crappy. And I'm like, okay. So my question is like all of those things that I just outlined. I'm like, if you are creating follow through and I'm doing little air quotes here, if you are creating follow through and you are actually showing up to something you said you did, or sorry, something you said you were going to do. Sure. If I say I'm going to cut out gluten, right? Because of some allergy or something or like suspected allergy or something. Okay. And then I create a new toxic dynamic within myself because I'm creating, like I'm creating this like rigid deprecation, like, Everyone else gets gluten. You don't. You're like bad. Your brain doesn't, or your body doesn't work with it. You you have a crappy immune system. Blah blah blah. Right? Okay. Well, I'm sorry. There is no reason for me to stay motivated. Sure, I can have the follow through. Mm-hmm. I can stop eating gluten. But like, I genuinely still feel 
extremely dissonant with myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not like, can you achieve goals? Okay. Let's not like, let's not generalize it to that level because yes, many of you can achieve goals. Like many of you can set out something for your future and actually follow through with that. Mm -hmm. It's just that my curiosity comes into how did, how did that follow there? through? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's the how. how. It's literally the how of the process that is going to inform a lot of the parts of how this is going to continue to play out for the rest of your life, whether that's, is it going to follow, you know, is it going to be longevity? Like, is it going to stand the test of time? Is it going to affect your healing or the people around you negatively or positively? The thing is, what you're talking about, like with this kind of like deprecated mindset, something I've observed is that th this sort of deficit or fear-based motivator internal talk is extremely vulnerable. And it's, we, we think that, oh, well, we're going to use this negative self-talk and this fear and this, you know, deprecation because it works, right? Like we get results. The thing is, like Jamie's saying, that's not entirely wrong. Like sometimes, yes, results, quote unquote, can be produced from that. But it's extremely vulnerable to a couple of different types of pitfalls. One is it's doesn't always stand the test of time. Fear only works for so long until the brain figures out that the threat that you were trying to like motivate yourself with is actually not really super imminent, right? So say you were like fear-basing yourself into uh, doing this marathon because if you don't, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of like what the brain would try to, if you don't like, your family won't love you anymore because you're not doing the the marathon with them. And then all of a sudden, like you get into conversations and, and you notice there's other family members that aren't doing the marathon and everybody still loves them and whatever else. And you pretty soon your brain's going to be like, you know, I actually don't think that the family's going to like kick me out of the family if I don't do this marathon. So like now you don't have any motivation because you have this weird like fear narrative that was motivating you to do something. And as soon as your brain figures out that that's not true, then the motivation is gone. So that's one of the vulnerabilities is just simply the fact that like fear doesn't last super long if the brain figures out that that threat isn't real. Two, another one of the pitfalls with doing this sort of like fear-based mentality is that then you can sometimes get into like confirmation bias, like you start looking for something that's not actually there and you create this like boogeyman essentially mm -hmm. for yourself to be afraid of. And it was right. never real in the first place. Right. And so then you start becoming your own boogeyman, your own bully, your own like, and then your internal life is now so chaotic that you can't even look left, right or center to figure out how all of this chaos started in the first place and it kind of all just manifested inside your own brain. Um, and then you become really vulnerable to those moments of real life intervening, right? So when you have that, oh, I promised myself that I was going to was going to run a mile today and because I'm a piece of shit if I don't. And then, right, then life happens. Something gets in the way. Kid gets sick. You get into a car accident, whatever. You can't do that run. And now, because you're coming from this deprecated point, like, place, it gets really compounded. And now you're sitting there going, mm. see, I not only didn't follow through, but I am a piece of shit. And now I'm going to fall behind. And now next time I go to run, I'm going to have losses and I'm not going to be able to run as far as I'm supposed to be running. I'm never going to get there in time. And now you're totally like down talking yourself to mm. never hitting these goals versus, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on that because what I want to start doing is actually giving you some verbiage and some affirmations of what it sounds like when we're doing this from a place of love mm -hmm. and commitment to ourselves. Because hopefully this is going to leave you on a much more positive note. Because <laughs> unfortunately, I, 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 I would venture to guess that a lot of our listeners are probably a little all too familiar with some of these negative self-talk experiences. Because mm -hmm. I think we've all been there inside of ourselves with various 
topics. So, but this is what it would sound like from a place of like self-love, to be motivating ourselves. That's why I used that example of the glass of water earlier. So when I promised myself that in one hour I was going to get myself a glass of water, why was I doing that? Was I doing that because society tells me that I'm going to be sick and I'm going to get wrinkles if I don't drink enough water and so I'm doing it from this like, oh no, I don't want that. I don't want to be, yeah, that's you know, the boogeyman. Right? Like I, I actually, no, I wanted to point that out really quick because I think if we don't label that, people might, like, that might get lost. Like, the boogeyman is no one's going to think I'm pretty or I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to, like, if you literally are, like, adhering, like, hydration is to your beauty, like, that's the boogeyman, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's like you're scared if you don't do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify that because in case exactly. someone an example. So versus when I promised myself that glass of water, it's from this place of really loving my body and being connected with the way that I feel when I'm hydrated and how my head feels clear and I am able to, you know, tackle the tasks that are also important to me. Like I I can go and I can garden or I can go ride my bike or whatever these things that like I want to do. And I just feel really good when I'm properly hydrated doing those things. Even something as simple from water is extremely important to me. This is why I think I'm using this example is because like I I generally think I genuinely believe that water affects my mood actually. And so when I get dehydrated, even if I'm not feeling physical symptoms of dehydration, I actually think that I'm like cranky when I'm not well hydrated. So instead of I, angry, what is it like? Whatever, whatever it would be for hydration. Like yeah, thir- exactly. like like thirty or like I'm trying Sangry. to think of like dirty, like thirsty, hangry. Sang- <laughs> you can be hangry, you can like hangry, thankless. Like I don't know. I'm trying to think of something on the so it's not working. <laughs> anyway, so it's like it's coming from this place of like I love you so much, right? I'm talking to myself. I love you so much that I want you to feel your best. And I love the way that we feel when we are drinking water regularly throughout the day. And so then when current self catches up to future self, gets that glass of water, that's why I visualized it as like giving yourself a high five or a pat on the back because you did this from this place of like love and happiness and autonomous choice. I always, the other visualization I always use is the difference between running from something versus running towards something. Mm. It's such a subtle shift, but it, because the action's the same, if you were only zoomed in on the running body, I'm like making like almost like a cartoon thing. Like if you're just looking at a, a cartoon person and they're running and that's all you see, it, it's like, okay, a person is running. But then if you zoom out, the context is so different if this person mm. is running because they're being chased by a bear. Now it's evoking these feelings of fear, panic, anxiety, like, oh my gosh, are they going to get away? Like, sheesh. Versus then if we do the opposite and you see this person and they're running towards something they love, they're running towards the open arms of like to go give their best friend a hug. You're like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, look at them. They're almost there and they're going to hug their friend, you know? And it's like such a Subtle shift is if you're running away from something you're scared of versus running towards something you're so looking forward to and you value so deeply, Mm. it makes all the difference because what I was saying before about how that like fear-based thing is really, really vulnerable to you losing steam and lacking follow through and and longevity, it's the exact opposite with the running towards mentality and the love-based mentality is absolutely the recipe for longevity because that is it's like anchored it's like rooted right it it actually continues to loop back into itself it's like its own self-perpetuating positive reinforcement Mm, because it's not actually results oriented it's not actually about results it's just about love. It's about keeping Mm. promises to yourself because you care about yourself. And it leaves open so much flexibility for you to continue developing what that future self is continuing to want for you without shame. So that way, if something does shift and change and, and you get halfway through your marathon training, 
And it was always from this place of like love and self-development and like, oh, I wonder if I would enjoy doing a marathon. I wonder what it would feel like to run eight miles instead of five, which I've only ever run five miles. I wonder if my body could run eight miles. You know, it's curious and it's excited and it's looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. And so say you get into that experience and all of a sudden you go, you know, I'm trying this out and I don't think it's for me. I don't think future me is like, I don't think this is our thing. And that is okay. And there's this like beautiful space to to just say, thank you so much for like trusting me enough to try this out. That's, that's you know, like future self is saying like, oh, thank you for trying that out. Like, thanks for exploring that with me. And then current you is looking and going, yeah, thanks for the idea. And thanks for listening to me as I tell you that I don't think this is for us. And there's just like this beautiful exchange of trust being built between both entities. And then they get to sit there and go, okay, well then let's talk about what we want to shift into. Like, what's our next thing? And it's just, it's open and it's free and it's very... Like, I really want to um, harp on the, like, the concept of it being free from shame. And that's why we, like, lose that deprecating self-talk and that it is creating a framework for you to be able to continue, continue to develop and shift and change your right. goals as you I go along. I think it's, like, I hear, yeah, what I hear is the difference between I want to versus I have to. And, like, wanting to do something comes from a place of, like, I embody that. I developed it. Like, I want to do it because it actually is, like, serving me, purposeful. It's 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 my own drive. It's my own internal mechanism that's here. And that's why that can change. Like, that's why you're not betraying yourself if you stop doing the marathon. Because at any point, you're allowed to say, wait a second, is this still feeling feeling autonomous? And if you've been asking yourself from like an internal motivator and it's starting to feel like kind of like you're phoning it in or you're doing it because you have to, that's when you say, hmm, wait, if I'm not feeling like I have to do this, maybe it's time to shift my vision, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's why I think when I look about like running from the bear versus running to your friend, I want to run to my friend. I have to run from the bear, Mm -hmm. right? Versus like if I'm running down the street, I want to get to the mailbox. I want to get there because this achieves my goals versus I have to get to the mailbox because I'm a piece of shit if I don't, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like when you embody the, I developed this, I am wanting to do this from a place of sheer like embodied autonomy, okay? This is why when we're asking you to genuinely take care of yourself, go on dates with yourself, it's not a luxury. I'm looking at it as an essential building block of your healing. Genuinely an essential building block of your healing is saying, You are developing a sense of self that's saying you are so highly prioritized that I want to heal you. I don't have to. I want to because you deserve to. Sure, nobody has to do anything. Guys, look at the generations before us. Nobody has to heal. Nobody has to do anything. But do you want to? And what does that want call you to action about, right? Like, what is that calling you towards? And that's where that internal narrative, if it is calling you to action, be very mindful of the way that action is being begged upon you. Genuinely be very aware of if that is coming from a place of harm or healing or hope, right? Because that is a huge pivot point for so many people. I know this is where I, I would give the example of like why we use the athletic example because it actually permeates the athletic mind for so many people. They, they beat themselves into submission, especially the high elite athletes. Like the way they talk to their body, I wouldn't ever want to be talked to like that, ever. I wouldn't want my children to be talked to like that. I wouldn't want my parents to be talked to like that. And we do it to ourselves. Like, no, no, right? And we do it with our eating. We do it with our basic functioning, right? We do it with like the basic way we interact with ourselves. 
another thing that's a um a, a kind of like a fallout of that sort of like deprecated thing when you were talking about the, how the elite athletes right like can beat themselves into submission until the results are achieved <sighs> I can't say this for sure because I'm not an elite athlete and I've never won an Olympic medal or anything like that. Um, But my question would be, once such goals are achieved or certain levels are reached, I, I would have to wonder what happens from there internally and mentally as far as the ability to actually receive that accomplishment. So <laughs> I, I have to figure out how to like conceptualize this because maybe the Olympic athlete is too far stretched. It might be a little too far stretched. Let's just go back to, let's just go back to the marathon, right? Say I did push myself through and I forced myself through fear, shame, deprecation, whatever. And I forced myself to get through that marathon, you know, through blood, sweat, and tears. When I get to that finish line, how do I feel? Do I feel like, good, finally, I did it. I proved it. Great. Awesome. Like, am I feeling relief and like I got the bear off my back finally? And then a sense of emptiness because now I don't know what's happening going forward. And people are going, wow, you did it. Congratulations. You're going to do another marathon. And now you're sitting there going like, I barely made it through that one. And it was miserable almost the entire time. And almost no part of that was enjoyable to me. (laughs) And then you're sitting there and you're going like, wait, why did I actually do that. And you kind of have this really weird empty feeling because you thought at the beginning when you started this process, if I can just get to this, if I can just complete that marathon, then I'll be happy or then I'll feel a certain way. And then you get there and you don't feel a certain way. It's a really weird feeling. It's like an uncanny valley and you're just kind of like floating like what's happening? I thought that I was going to be happy when I got to this. I thought that I was going to feel accomplished or some sort of sense of fulfillment. And the thing is, you don't really get a huge sense of fulfillment externally the same way that you do when you've done something internally, which is why it's like you see people sometimes that are so happy and they, (laughs) you know, like you look at their lives or whatever, and on the external, it's like lacking so many of the things that we're told are supposed to give us joy in life. And then you're like, I don't understand why this person is so happy. Like their house is falling apart and they literally like eat the same boring like beans and rice every day. Like, you know what I mean? And you sit there and you're like, I don't understand how they're happy, but they genuinely are. My guess is because they're finding their fulfillment from something deep within and their their sense of uh, approval and accomplishment is only what they set for themselves. It's right. not about what other people are setting for them. Right. And then they're like failing to stack up. It's simply like if, if my only goal is the only thing I need to be happy is to garden a sun, you know, a patch of sunflowers and have a, you know, cup of coffee every day. I and that's it. That's all it takes for me to be happy. Like I'm going to accomplish that. I'm going to feel so at peace within myself. Mm. And I, anyway, so I was thinking about that sense of emptiness that sometimes happened when we get those results. It does because that's what I was trying to say earlier. This isn't results oriented stuff. We're kind mm-hmm. of talking about like, okay, building self-trust, you set these small goals, you set these dates for yourself in the future, blah, 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 blah. That's all great. And those skills are really important. And I really like giving people those super practical skills to start working on and practicing. But like, this is why the majority of this episode has now been <laughs> dedicated less to those small skills, even though those are important. Do those, mm-hmm. do those guys. This episode is almost exclusively now being dedicated to the mentality behind it. Mm, Right, right. I think this is what's so interesting is when you talk about the example of 
what does it feel like when you reach a goal? It's almost like your brain is going to tell you whether that goal was actually autonomous or not from that moment of accomplishment. Okay. And so like, I'm going to give a slight trigger warning. I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but for example, let's say I was trying to reach an ideal body weight. Okay. I'm just going to give a slight trigger warning in case that's you know hard for people. But for example, let's say I say, I am going to reach 130 pounds. Okay. You have to be honest with so many elements to that like goal. You have to be honest if I am I reaching this for my health? Am I doing this for other people? Am I doing this because this is my healthiest weight? For some people, it's not. 160, 200, like whatever the healthiest weight that you like, I, I don't even want to make it about weight, but I'm saying like it's just that like fixed number for many people. They think it's a number. Okay. And then many people, sometimes they change their life and they get to that number. And it's almost like when you get to that number, let's say it's like a different, let's say it's 160, okay? You're trying to, you know, get to 160. If you get to 160 and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I still hate my body. I still hate you. I still think I need to get into different clothes. I still think this is like not enough, okay? your brain will like actually give you that indicator of whether or not this is being done in a way that's like actually supporting your healing. Because if someone's actually on a journey to like get to a different weight, okay, whatever that is looking like for you, if you get to that weight and you're literally arriving from this like tear, like this very, very like harmful, like what's next mentality, it's very clear that like, it wasn't about the number. Remember how we talk about service level versus like the depth and the undercurrent? It's not the number. It's mm-hmm. that you fixed your meaning or your your accomplishments or what you wanted for yourself on the end of the marathon or you fixed it on that number or, or even like for many people, it's I just want to get married. Okay, well, you got married. Well, now what? Like, it's not a just about like, getting to that next stage of relationship. Okay. I'm a mom now. Okay, great. Like, cool. You're at that next step. Okay. I need a house now. Okay, great. But like what we're saying is if it's not about that, what are you journeying towards? Because this is why we're bringing it back to that, like really deep rooted autonomy because the future self, when it's being honest with itself, it does know, no, you're not going to just like be happy just because of a house. Like you're going to be happy if like you're fully engaged in your life, Jamie. Like are you living or are you surviving? Right? Like are you saying that you're going to be okay if you just, you know, get that next accomplishment? Maybe you will, but like you're the only one that's going to be honest. So that future self is the one that's like this is what we're aiming for. Obviously, some of us need to kind of work on the inner narrative, but like the future self is the one that kind of tells you like, hey, you know, we want you to be honest with yourself. We want you to be like clear, you know, like we want the vision to not be anchored on some like outside accomplishment. We want it to be anchored on like, what are you actually searching for? Yeah. And I think what I what I almost want to maybe wrap up and end on is this note of encouraging all of us, because like I said at the beginning here, these are skills that I'm literally actively working on. Um, I want to encourage all of us that through every step of whatever process we're working on, if you're working on a new skill or you're you're working through a particular painful trauma that you're trying to overcome, whatever it is that you're working through. And you're now starting to conceptualize this sort of like conversation and relationship with a future self who maybe is already at that point, right? And you're in conversation with this person. What I really want to encourage is that even now and every step along the way from point A to point B, every single one of these versions of you is worthy of love and warmth and acceptance and safety every single step of the way. 
because I think this is the other like thing I really want to caution people against, myself included, is thinking that when I get to that point, then I can relax or then I can be loved or then I can whatever, fill in the blank. No. Right now, you're worthy of rest. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of friendship. You're worthy of acceptance. You're worthy of safety. All of these things. You are already worthy of these things. And you know who knows that? Future self. Future self knows that. Future self knows that right now you're worthy of those things. And that's why they're actually advocating for you. They're your biggest advocate right now. They love you so much. This is how they are giving you that love. Is they're saying, we're going to do this together. We're going to walk this walk together. And every step of the way is going to be permeated with a sense of love and safety and trust within the two of us. We're, we're in this relationship together. And I already love you. And if halfway through this process, you realize you don't want to be a marathon runner, I already love you. I love that version of you. I love every version that's going on throughout this whole process. This isn't a results-oriented experience that we're doing here with this podcast, with our lives. That's not what this is about. This is about how are we permeating pervasive, healthy mindsets and modalities into our lives that make our daily life the most fulfilling, authentic versions that they can be. I think we're going to end there. I know that this has been a pretty heavy one. Um, but like I said, I know CA said that a couple of times, this is actually something we're really actively working on doing. Like we're going to be talking about a few other topics. You know, some of this hits a little bit closer to home, you know, probably in the next couple. But the thing about this podcast is not us just being like, yeah, like we've done all this stuff and we've reached that mountain and we're done. Like, no, like so many of these things are actively co-occurring. Some, so many of these lessons are actively being attempted and tried and you know we're trying to engage in the same things as you are and like you know we we really are trying to embody a lot of the things we're doing along with you guys so just know that you're you have some uh some advocates and allies that are walking this journey with you and uh we really appreciate you guys listening today Thanks so much. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollected self and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work 